Welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home Digital Podcast. I am your host, Makeba Giles. Here we share information and resources for physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being to help families live an inspired lifestyle and encourage healthy living. Thank you for joining us. With the upcoming 2020 presidential election, Brandi Colbert's timely novel, The Voting Booth, is the perfect introduction to the significance of voting and voter suppression, one of the forefront civil rights battles of our time. With young people politically engaged now more than ever, this accessible own voices story featuring two unforgettable African-American teens is sure to garner interest among teens and adults alike. Here with me now to share more is author Brandy Colbert. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, first, Brandy, give us a little bit about your background. Um, now, you've written several other books prior to The Voting Booth. How did your background in teaching affect your unique approach to storytelling and craft? Um, yeah, so uh, I, this is my sixth book, which I can't believe. Um, and I have been writing since I was a little girl, since I was about seven years old, um, and then decided in my 20s that I wanted to try to get published, and eventually my first book was published, um, I think when I was 34, so it's been kind of a lifelong um, thing, and now um, I do teach in a low-residency MFA program, and so we meet um, about twice a year in January and July, so it was virtual this year because of the pandemic and then work remotely with students um, throughout the year. And so I think, you know, um, I've always sort of written by instinct. I myself do not have a degree in writing. Um, I studied journalism in college, uh, but I didn't really take very many creative writing classes. And so I think working with students um, and also just working with my fellow colleagues and faculty members has been so eye-opening to me. And it, it helps me explain, you know, my craft, um, things that I've done in my writing that I maybe didn't realize until after I was finished, um, or, you know, just learning new ways of approaching craft and approaching storytelling. It's really opened my mind, and every time we leave a residency, I just come away so inspired and ready to work on something new and more challenging. Wow, that's very inspiring now. Um, we talked uh, Talking about your most recent book, The Voting Booth, um, what inspired you to write this book? Because it is very timely. Did you draw from your own experience with voter suppression growing up? Um, it is really timely, much more timely than I thought it would be when I started writing it in late 2018. Um, so I am not drawing on any personal experience, thankfully, but um, I come from a black southern family. My, I was raised in Missouri, which is where I believe you are. Um, and my parents are from rural Arkansas, so they grew up on the tail end of you know Jim Crow, like 50s and 60s. And you know, just knowing from a young age from them that you know the vote, the struggle to vote was very real in the South for black people. And so it was always just ingrained in me from the beginning that, you know, I would be voting. There was no choice, like, once I turned 18. Um, so I've always taken that with me. But also, you know, it's, it's a way voting for me is really um, a way to honor my ancestors and all the black people, you know, who came before me that weren't able to vote or were, you know, experienced voter suppression in the form of, um, you know, poll taxes and literacy tests. And so voter suppression has certainly, the face of it has changed since then, but it's still very much prevalent. So I wanted to really give a voice to that. 
Absolutely. Now, I just want to um, pause a little bit and talk about that you said you started writing this book in 2018. I did, yes. Now, like, had right you... At the end of- yeah, I, I just want to um, hear your reflections on how you're feeling knowing that you got the idea and started this book a couple of years ago, and it's being published, it's out right now, with everything that's going on in our society right now. I just want to hear your personal reflections on that. Like, how does that make you feel to know that something that was that went into you as an idea several years ago is now extremely timely um, and, and just released just at the right time for what's happening in our nation? Right. I mean, it's really pretty wild to me. Um, you know, writing it, I knew that there were several unresolved issues that uh, the black community in particular has been dealing with for decades. Um, so I knew that from that perspective, it would still be relevant, unfortunately. Um, but I had no idea what 2020 would look like. I don't think many of us anticipated, you know, a global health crisis, first of all. But I, beyond that, I did not expect um, the movement and uprising that, you know, was a result of George Floyd's death in Minneapolis. And so it, it was really shocking, you know, as the year went on, I was just thinking, I actually had two books out this year. And so I was just thinking about, you know, the best way to talk about a book in the middle of a pandemic. And then, uh, you know, George Floyd's murder happened and everything just kind of turned on its head. And, and all of a sudden there are all these protests and calls for actions and a real reckoning with racism that I don't think the country has seen in several decades um, of more widespread efforts and you know, I can remember seeing in quite a while. So, you know, as that happened, and it was leading up into the weeks right before my book came out, and I just, I couldn't believe it. Now everyone says how timely it is, and, you know, I knew, again, that certain aspects of it would be, but I just had no idea. So it's, I think it speaks to a lot of how history repeats itself and, you know, how we really can't move forward if we don't know our history and, you know, deal with it. But also, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's really wild to me um so again i'm i'm not i don't feel great that it's timely but if it's helping people with their conversations that they're having today and highlighting real issues that they hadn't thought about then i'm very grateful for that absolutely and it is definitely helping um that we're talking about everything that's going on in our society and as you mentioned we are starting to see a vast increase of younger generations getting involved in um, social justice and fighting for social justice. Um, Tell us what you feel is the value of teaching young adult readers the importance of voting as well as getting involved um, on the front lines and also give us a little bit of um, the book and how um, some of the topics that you touch upon in the book um, reach to that importance of voting. Sure. So, yeah, I think that um, you know, there have always been young people at the forefront of really any social change um, throughout the decades. But I think now, um, you know, Generation Z, uh, the teenagers now, I really think that technology has changed a lot of, of how they view the world because they are able to see the news immediately in a way that, that we weren't, you know, or at least me when I was younger, um, we didn't have social media not like it exists today. And so it, it's really fascinating to me that to think about getting the news in the way that they are getting it, which is sort of like a nonstop um, bombardment of it, and then thinking 
that that's probably been inspiring them to try to make some change. You know, if you all you see is bad news um, and laws and policies that are created to oppress, you know, you or the people you love, then I would think the next reaction would be like, what can I do to help change this? So I wanted to write a book that really shows that, you know, that one vote does count. I mean, you know, I don't think this is a spoiler to say that the two teens in my book spend the majority of the book just trying to get one of them to be able to vote, and that may seem like a really wild situation, and they come up a lot of sort of modern-day voter suppression, um, like polling places having closed and, you know, registration issues and um, having to wait in line because the polling place ran out of ballots. So there's so many issues that that they can run into, but I wanted to show that it is so important to stick it out as long as you can and make your voice heard because if you can't get to the polls to vote for the people who will prevent issues like this from happening, you know, then it's just going to repeat and just keep cycling through uh, the next elections with the same kind of issues. Indeed, that's absolutely true. Now, um, what would you most want? If you could pick one thing, just one thing for readers to take away from your book, The Voting Booth, what would it be? One thing, that would be for them to use their voice. Um, And I think in the book, um, you know, the characters talk a little bit about how that can happen. So I think even in this moment we're in now, you know, people might look at protests and and think, well, I'm not really a person who can get out and protest, or maybe, you know, they're immunocompromised and can't get out in the middle of a pandemic, like whatever reason. Um, I think sometimes people get discouraged and think, well, if I can't get out with the masses and you know, try to help incite change, like, what can I do? And there's so much stuff that an individual can do, um, you know, whether it's canvassing, going door to door, or text banking, or phone banking, or sending postcards, or just talking to, you know, family members or friends about, you know, maybe why they're not voting, or why they're voting for a particular candidate, and really just staying informed about these issues. I just really want to make sure that, you know, people who read this realize that their vote and their voice really does count. I love that you mentioned that because um, you talked about social media and um, the constant feed of information, especially with the news media um, being right there on the forefront recording um, or broadcasting um, the protest and things of that nature. And there may be young people out there Um, Even ones who are, you know, reading your book who are feeling like, well, I can't get out there. You know, I can't get out there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that's not happening in my neighborhood. I don't have transportation or whatever the the case may be. And they may feel like because they're not able to um, be out there, you know, and walking and and what else uh, and um, all of that, that they Mm -hmm. can't make a difference, that they can't make a change. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned those other ways that young people can make a difference because it's important for them to know there's many more ways than just one than just being out there um, on the streets to protest that you can actually make a change Um, I'm even letting young people know who are driving like you can even volunteer to um, drive the elderly or or, um, disabled to the voting booths um, in November you know that's something that you can do so um, yes or, or you know if you have a, a summer job, maybe you can donate to a cause um, that, you know, helps promote social justice and, and improve upon that. So I'm glad that you touched upon that because it's very important for young people to know 
um, especially that they can do that. Now, also tell us, um, because you wrote this from a teen perspective, and I think that's very important as well. Um, tell us what you feel the significance of having um, books that are in our own voices and diverse um, voices available for young people, especially young African-American readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's absolutely vital to have a wide variety of stories available. Um, you know, I've always been a big reader, so I could rarely be found without my nose in a book as a kid. And, you know, I read so widely, I read pretty much anything I could get my hands on, but I really don't remember having books with kids who looked like me or were written by people who looked like me. And, you know, often if they were available, it was books dealing with, you know, discrimination and racism and maybe slavery of the civil rights movement. And we definitely need all of those perspectives published. But, you know, I at the time and, and still today, I just wanted to read about kids black kids living their life um, and, you know, going through the same things that their peers were going through and maybe making those same mistakes and not having everything sort of boil down to, you know, racism or the, some of the more negative aspects of being, you know, um, quote, different in this country. So I think it's so important just to show, you know, black kids, because I am a black author, just to show black kids living their lives and there's so many different ways to be black and, you know, black people are not a monolith. And I just think if our literature reflects that, and especially if not only young black kids, but, you know, non-black kids, white kids, if they grow up reading about people who don't look like them and experience life differently, then they will hopefully become more empathetic overall. That is um, definitely words of wisdom there. Now tell us, Brandy, um, what words of inspiration and advice would you like to personally give to both young adults of voting age and parents about the current events in our nation right now and how they can make a difference? Hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, I'm, I have a bit more skepticism than I want to have about things about this, you know, um, ushering in lasting change. But I would say to hope, you know, that's kind of the message of the book at the end, um, not to spoil anything, but it's just hope um, to do as much as you possibly can, um, help people who need it more than you, and just keep you know, hope alive. Uh, you know, I don't want to sound too corny or, or anything, but I really think that that pulls us through, and people who've been fighting for these same initiatives for, you know, decades, um, I don't think they could have done it without hope. So. Yeah, I just, I, I think, try as hard as you can and, and keep hope alive would be my words of wisdom for that. And those are wonderful words of wisdom. I appreciate you sharing those with us. And um, I just want to read um, one of the reviews from Publishers Weekly about your book. Um, Publishers Weekly stated that it aptly discusses matters of civil disobedience and social justice, including police brutality and voter suppression, without sacrificing the delicate, lighthearted relationship at the Story Center. Um, I love that because that's something that um, readers, young adult readers, need to know. I do want to let you know that um, my daughter, who is 18 and will be voting in November, mm -hmm. um, she has read your book and she absolutely loves 
loves it. Um, she has oh, also wow. let, yeah, she let her um, her friends know about it as well. So um, it's, it's, she just found it very powerful. So I really do appreciate you publishing this for young people. Um, I know you how you said your thoughts were about it being timely, how you're kind of, you know, on the fence about that. But I, I really do appreciate it coming out at this time because um, readers are able to take a look at what's happening on the screen, like you said, in the news, and then read your book and kind of get a different perspective than, than just what's being fed um, to them through social media and through the news. And, and they can know what they can do and, and how they can stay hopeful and inspired. So um, just wonderful work all the way around for your book there. And, and congratulations on the publishing of it, too. Oh, well, thank you so much, and I'm just thrilled to hear it's, you know, making its way into the hands of actual teenagers, um, so that, that really makes me very happy. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, and I just want to let everyone know that you can get Brandy's book, The Voting Booth, everywhere. It's available now, so you can find it online. Um, you can find it also at Audible as well. Um, this She is a Stonewall Award-winning best-selling author as she says she's written six previous books to this so and once you pick up the voting booth also be sure to check out her other books the voting booth is definitely a story of hope it's written from the teen perspective and it's something that all of our young adults especially those who are able to vote in november um, definitely need to read at this time so definitely pick that up it's available everywhere now i want to thank you so much for joining me today brandy it's been a pleasure um also want to let everyone know that they can check you out online as well um would you like to share your your website with our readers yes definitely um hopefully pretty easy to remember it's just um brandycolbert.com and i'm also somewhat online um on twitter and instagram at brandycolbert Thank you for sharing that. Be sure to check Brandy out. Get the book. You will not regret it. Um, also buy it for another young person in your life and encourage them to read it too because we all are in this together and we can all make a difference in what's going on in our society right now. Thank you so much again for joining me, Brandy. It's been a pleasure. And again, congratulations on your new publishings and we wish you the best of success in the future. No, thank you so much for having me, Makiba. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith, Health, and Home digital podcast. For transcripts of this episode and others, visit our website at faithhealthandhome.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you again for joining us.